0: Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderweld, your host today. Welcome back to our our series on uh, all things tech and uh, we've been speaking with uh, Martine Oglethorpe over the last couple of sessions and it's delightful to have her back with us again. Thank you, thanks for having me. Martin, maybe we could start with perhaps you introducing yourself and telling our listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Uh, yes, so Martin am um, I'm a uh, digital wellbeing and online safety expert and um, I'm accredited by the Office of the ESafety safety Commission of Australia and I write regularly on my uh, blog and website, themodernparent.net. And I spend most of my time working with uh, both parents, teachers and students on helping them uh, safely and smartly navigate uh, the online world and uh, I also am mother to five boys ranging from seven to 18 so I have plenty of personal experience as well. Fantastic and we've got a little friend barking in the background so there's okay. also a, a, a fur
0: baby too. <laughs> My team, we're going to be talking about gaming today and I, I know this causes a lot of um, I suppose angst uh, and there's a lot of Good information and poor information out there, but what's all the
1: fuss about? Well, I think I think there seems to be a little bit of fuss for two reasons. I guess one is that um, for parents, it's not something that they really grew up with in the same sorts of ways that our, our kids are today. So I guess they don't really understand the appeal. Um, and so they don't understand I guess why they, why they love them so much and why they, they, they do take up a, a lot of their time. So there's sort of that element of, of that uh, just not, not having grown up with, the, the, with them in their lives. But also I think gaming tends to get a pretty bad rap from the media. Um, because we're usually sort of bombarded with those, uh, you know, negative reports and the clickbait headlines about how games are turning our kids into zombies and they don't speak to any people anymore. And then you get the, you know, the uh, the extreme cases of, you know, my child hasn't gone to school for two years and my child wets itself because it's playing a game and doesn't eat anymore. So all of those things, which tend to, to you know, uh, prick uh, up the, parent, the ears of our parents, that uh, get them quite alarmed. So. I guess and I, and I, I know that they're also experiencing uh, their kids love of games and feeling like they, they can't manage them um, because they are because they are made to appeal to you know that that part of the brain that that, that likes likes playing them and so kids do like to play them they do like to stay on long time and they do have trouble getting off and so uh, you know parents really have to be able to help them with that but sometimes they feel a little bit of a loss to do that so,
0: so should parents be concerned? Because, I mean, we've talked about those sort of really rare types of exceptions that we hear about in the media. But is there something that parents really should be concerned
1: about here? What should they look for? Look, on, on the whole, I don't think for the average child, we're not seeing any, um, you know, and the research is not giving us any clear indication of any real detrimental effects to the child that, you know, plays plays gaming and, and even if they're doing it most days, Um, For most kids, it's not going to impact them in any real ways. What we do need to look at is when those behaviours become extreme and or when we see those warning signs that, um, you know, the child is struggling to manage their time on the games. Uh, So we we get concerned when maybe a child stops uh, doing their homework like they used to or participating in extracurricular activities like they used to or seeing their friends or engaging with family or or coming to the dinner table, or going to bed. So when all those things start to slip, then that's when we should be concerned and make sure that we're we're managing to keep on top of it.
0: So, do you think gaming can be a good thing then?
1: Look, definitely, it can be a good thing it, it, as long as it's managed and, and and played in a way that's appropriate for that child and that child's age and stage of development. Um, certainly, there are some. We know there's some cognitive benefits. You know, a child that's playing games has to think in different ways they have to think outside the box they have to um, you know uh, require a lot of trial and error and persistence and all of those sorts of things there is uh, a lot of teamwork that's involved in collaboration and problem solving so there's lots of cognitive skills that come with gaming you know how do we get to the next level how do i what materials do i need to build this fortress you know that there are some quite high-end thinking that has to happen and there are some you know physical benefits there's you know spatial awareness there's you know tracking and eye. Coordination, all of those sorts of things, and then I think there's also just some social and emotional benefits um, of gaming. For some kids, it is a stress release. You know, they get home from school, they've they've been switched on all day, and it does allow them to to just uh, relax and maybe take out some of their uh, emotion on a game. Um, it's also a place where they might feel like they belong. And you know, not every kid's going to be in the in the football team or the basketball team, but maybe this is a place where they excel and they also might meet like-minded people and, and, and it is a, a sense of achievement for them. Um, so I certainly think there are, there are definitely lots of benefits to gaming. Um, obviously, we just have to make sure that it is um, managed well and that uh, in terms of the time that, that they're spending on it and also that, that they're playing things that are appropriate for their, their age and, and, and their stage of development um, and that, again, uh, can be up to the parents as well. Sure.
0: So, you know, so that, last, that last point that's sort of up to the parents, can you suggest uh, perhaps some ground rules for um, yeah.
1: gaming? Yeah, I think when, when a child wants to play a particular game, for example, I always say to parents, rather than just take it on face value that everyone's playing it, so can I have this game? I think um, parents can very, very quickly and easily check that game out to decide whether they want their child to play it before they even have to buy it or download it. You can watch a gazillion videos now of other people playing games. But in doing that, go to YouTube, watch it for five minutes. You get a very good idea about what's involved in that game uh, you know what the themes are, uh, who's playing it, what's some of the language of the game, and you can decide then whether you think that your child is able to handle that, or maybe uh, they might you might need to have some discussions about some of those themes before you hand it over um, to check that that they are um, you know on top of some of those those ideas. Um, I think it's always good to discuss um, some time limits with your child particularly if you think they're a child that is going to struggle with with getting off when you ask them to Um, and I think deciding on those together obviously you know you have the final say but but having it as a discussion before they start playing um, so that you can uh, have those ground rules early and and make it I guess that we're not having these rules. I'm not putting on timelines because I want to stop your fun or, or, you know, uh, because, you know, I I mean, and I don't like the games. It's more because there's a whole lot of other things that you need to fit into your day. And um, we also have to make sure that we're, we're maintaining that control over the gaming so that I can see that, you know, you're respecting that play as well. And, um, And I think we also have to have any of those sorts of discussions away from the game. So don't, you know, when your child's in the middle of uh, creating something in Minecraft or they're about to be the last man standing in Fortnite, don't sit there and try and have a a conversation about time limits and and, and things because they're they're probably not going to be listening to you um and it's it's not very effective that way and and you're not going to get much uh much back so it's have those conversations before you hand over the games and then uh, make it clear that you might have to revisit that conversation depending on how they're coping are they you know if they're throwing a tantrum every time they get off then then we might have to look at at, at something different and, and another way to make it work so discuss those time limits and have them not you know away from the game I always say for, also say for younger users I think it's important that um, they don't have headphones on particularly when they're starting out playing online games so where there's that chance that they're meeting other people or talking to people online we want to make sure that we're hearing who they're talking to but also what information they could possibly be giving away because we know sometimes kids accidentally give away information when they're, you know, they're in the zone and somebody asks them, you know, what, what, where did you say you lived again? And, and sometimes this information comes out. So we want to make sure that we're having a little listen to that as well, particularly when they're starting out, and also making sure that, the, that they're not being spoken to um, in a nasty way or being bullied or, or harassed online as well. We want to make sure that they're um, having, having a good time. So I think no headphones is certainly um, a good idea for some of those younger users. I think parents also need to be aware that every single game that their child plays and every single app for that matter, every single social network, has the settings button. And in those settings buttons, in those privacy settings is where we can make that experience as safe and as positive as we possibly can for that child. So if you don't know what's there, you don't know what's there. So you need to go and check out those settings buttons and look at all of the options because there are a lot of options. You know, you can decide whether your child can be contacted by strangers. You can decide whether your child um, gets requests from other people or whether they only can make requests themselves. You can decide uh, whether your child, what sort of language your child is exposed to or can hear. Can you turn off profanity? Can all of those sorts of things. Can you turn off and mute language uh, speaking altogether? Um, so there's lots of different options but most of the time we find parents hand over a game and often it's a game that's not necessarily, um, you know, for the child's age or it might be, you know, uh, even a fortnight at 12 or 13 plus but, you know, we know lots of younger kids are playing. But there are also ways that you can make it safer. So um, go into those uh, settings buttons and make sure you're doing at least everything you can. Obviously everything's not foolproof but do everything that you can to set it up correctly in the first place and um, if you're not sure you just google it how can I make it safe or you know there's lots of uh, lots of resources online but just check out the settings buttons yourself and I think that yeah obviously our, our any rules that we have around gaming are going to change obviously for our different children their different ages will have different rules um, and, and then as they grow those those rules will change as they, uh, they, they mature and also different, different children may have different rules in, you know, even at the same age because sometimes some children are, can handle this stuff a lot better than others and sometimes the effects on some children are vastly different. Some children can be very affected by the content that they see or, or just the, uh, the time that they're playing and, the, and the, uh, the destruction element of it. So we certainly have to look at our individual child and how they're coping too and then make our, our rules according.
0: So all of those are fantastic tips if you're getting started, but what if it's kind of bolted from the get the
1: horses bolted a bit and, and parents bit
0: Oh gosh, I need to take back some control. How how would they do that? Yeah.
1: So often that, you know, that is the case when we get to that time where we haven't had any really good rules in place from a young age, which is why I first heard the younger you get in with this, the easier time you're going to have when you're older. Because, yes, absolutely, it's a lot easier to change behaviours of an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old than it is 14, 15, 16-year-old who's no longer coming to the dinner table, not wanting to go to bed, getting up in the middle of the night, all of those things. The other rule that I also stress um, should never have the gaming consoles in the bedroom. Um, because that is just you know waving a you know dangling a carrot or or probably a chocolate in in front of them because uh it just makes it so much harder for them to resist we know that they're hard to resist in the first place for a lot of these kids so if you have it next to their bedside you know they might wake up in the middle of the night and not sleep or just have one quick game and four hours later they're they've lost all that imperative sleep time. So certainly no, no gaming consoles in the bedroom. And, and another thing as a side, we also have in our house where the gaming console and Netflix and all of those things are actually only on one television in the house. So I've got five children, so if they all had a console each or in their rooms, it makes it very hard for me to monitor. If there's one console that has all of those things, it, it just automatically has to be shared. So no child can monopolise that, um, so to speak. If me and my husband want to go and watch Netflix at night, then whoever's on the game has to get off. So it, that's one way of managing it as well. But certainly in those cases where where the horse has bolted, our childs um a bit older and they're and they're really struggling with this. Um, going cold turkey is not necessarily going to work. It's about again having those conversations away from the from the games and talking about why we need to to rein it in and trying to just slowly uh, take back some of that time. So trying to get those those time limits shorter and shorter um, to to let them know that there are other things that they need to do for younger kids. If you're struggling with a younger kid, yes, I do believe you can take it away um, and they can uh, they can cope with that. But as they get older that does get a little bit trickier so I would uh, I would advise to have the conversations away from the games um, talk about why it's important that we manage this um, again it's not because I want to stop you playing it's because it's now getting to the stage where you're not coping uh, um, and it's affecting um, other areas of your life so um, that that needs to be reined in
0: thank you to our guest speaker we hope you enjoyed today's topic Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.